Okay, so we're going to do things slightly differently today because I'm a different type of person, really. Um, this message is called Blessed But Why? And this message came to mind when I was, doing, when I was playing a game. So I was playing a game. I want to make a shout-out for the people who I defeated in this game. That's Davinia. She's at the back. She's a new receptionist at KT. And Peter, who's behind that black. Yeah, good. He's there. So they were the participants, and they lost in this game. But forget about who won and lost right now. Really, what I want you to, to do is just engage with, with, with the game and what took place. At key moments in the game, I realized that God was speaking. He was speaking profound things about life, about church life, secular life, and just... There was wisdom moments, and I thought to myself, who better for this type of preach than Moronike to preach this with me? So, are you guys excited? Oh, gosh. No one's died. Are you guys excited? Yes! Amen. Let's begin. Okay, so, if we can have the first video. The game that we were playing was Snakes and Ladders. Hands up if you know how to play Snakes and Ladders. Okay, for those who have not played the games of Snakes and Ladders, it's a board game. And on the board game, there's snakes and there's ladders. If you land on a spot where, there, where the ladder begins, you go up the ladder. If you land on the snake's head, you go down the snake. Make sense? The winner is basically the person who gets to the last square on the board, and I think there's about 99 squares altogether, I think. Okay, so let's, let's play the first video, and um, I'll tell you what happened, and we'll start from there. So this was Peter, and we all started with the expectation of, we want to win. And the man with the black hands is me. <laughs> now, the rule of this game is, if you see, we, we rolled, I rolled um, the number two twice, so I rolled a double. So the idea is, if you roll a double, you can roll again. So I rolled a double, I got two and two, so four. And then I rolled again, and I got um, four again, and I went up the ladder. What does going up the ladder mean? In this sense, I want you to engage with me. Going up the ladder represents getting what you want and getting good things. We all want to get what we want. We all want to get good things. But this is worth taking a note. Before every blessing, there is a test. Before every blessing, there is a test. You have to handle what you have already got before God gives you more. So my question to you all straight away is, what has God given you? And are you handling it well? What is that thing you're desiring to get more of? What is that sense of success? What does success look like in the month of May? What does success look, for, um, look like in your household, at your workplace? Maybe it's promotion. There's all these desires that you want to have, but the question is, and which you deem as success, but the question is this. Are you ready for the test of success? If you go up the ladder, whatever going up the ladder looks like to you right now, are you ready for the test? 
If you think getting success is purely you getting more of what you want, then how flawed is your sense of success? Success has to be bigger than you. If it's not bigger than you, and it's simply a case of you just putting in your shopping bag all the things you want from God, then all we're doing is carrying pleasantries, we're carrying gifts, we're carrying items, marriage, finances, houses, we're just carrying it. And if that's success to you, I'm going to challenge you to think that it must be more. Proverbs 27, 21 says this. Listen to this. I couldn't believe this was in the Bible. I thought I read all of it. Apparently I haven't. Proverbs 27, 21 says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold. Listen. But a person is tested by being praised. So you've got the promotion. You're making more money. You've got the child. You're married. The prophetic word came to pass. What are you going to do with the praise that comes to you now? Now that you've got what you've always desired, what are you going to do next? When you go up the ladder of success, you have to understand the success God has given you has to be more than you. If you've been blessed with success, that success, within that success, is a dimension for you to be a, continue to be a blessing to others. If your blessing isn't other-centered, then you're misusing your blessing. If you've gone up the ladder, let's talk about a, a, a physical ladder. If you've gone up a ladder, straight away your perspective has changed. You are at one level, you've gone up the ladder, you're now seeing at a higher level. When you're seeing at a higher level, you see naturally more. A higher level of thinking and observation should naturally make you more aware of others. So I encourage you all, when this happened, the people were saying, oh man, Andrew's gone up the ladder, he's gonna win. And the first thing I started thinking to myself was this, even though I've gone up the ladder right now, there are many snakes ahead. So my question, my, my point before Mo takes over is this. You're walking in your blessings now. But remember this. The story's not over. Amen? And if you're beside that person who's gone up that ladder of success, in fact, let me stop there. <laughs> before I go into Mo's point. Mo, what's your thoughts on that? Going down the snakes. Mm. What's your thoughts on going down snakes? Before you go, let's play that video. Going down the snake. So as the game pro progressed, we got, higher, we got higher and higher up the board, and someone went down the snake. This is what happened. His expectations was to win the game. He rolled a four. He was smiling initially until he realized he ended up worse than where he started. Thanks, Andrew. Um, 
So today I wanted to talk about the challenges that we face sometimes with social media. And I wanted to talk about how sometimes we can use social media for validation and finding reassurance for ourselves. And so Andrew's just spoken about perspective. How do we change that perspective? So social media is a great platform. I'm not shutting it down. I'm not asking Facebook or Twitter or WhatsApp to come after me. I use all of the apps. But at the same time, we've seen that there has been a rise sometimes in anxiety and the way people see themselves because of the platform, which is social media and how it's used. So I wanted to mention that sometimes we can look at social media and compare ourselves and feel like we're not good enough. I'm gonna give you guys three examples. Someone who might be insecure about their body image, they may post a photo online, maybe revealing themselves a bit more, hoping that if they get a few likes and a few compliments, that's gonna make them feel a bit more confident about their body. Someone else could be going through issues in their friendships, issues in their relationships, and maybe they feel they just want to be over-transparent on Twitter and just share how they're feeling, hoping their Twitter family will co-sign with them. My name is Veronica Aribi, and I am guilty of doing that. But we thank God for growth. The last thing is, you could maybe be someone who's working in the creative industry, and let's say you're trying to launch a business, you're trying to launch a project, you want to post on social media just to see if people think it's worth being good. Now, the thing about finding validation and reassurance on social media is that it gives you a temporary feeling in the temporary time. But the issue is that it doesn't fix anything. Because let's say you post something and no one likes the photo. Do you then feel like you're not good enough? Do you then feel like you haven't had enough people that has confirmed your validation and who you are? So the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. And this is something that is so important for us to be doing. It's important that we guard our heart. Whatever we repeatedly dwell on is what we're going to choose to believe. So if you continue to see something on social media that's discouraging you, you're going to feel like you're not enough. So I want to give you guys three tips that can help. The first thing, before we post something on social media, let's ask ourselves, why are we posting this picture? What is the motive? Check our hearts. I've been running myself for about eight years, and I can see some of my cell members in the audience. I'm not going to call them out, because they'll actually come after me. Um, no, I'm not going to call them out. And one of the things we talk about a lot is where we seek our validation from and where we reassure ourselves of who we are. And for me, one of the things that I have learned over life is that I validate myself in the Word of God, and it's had to take practice. So some of the things I tell myself is, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am his workmanship. I'm a new creation in Christ. Now, I have to say these things repeatedly until it's marinated in my mind. And so I want to encourage you guys. Do I wake up every morning and want to spend my time in the word of God? I'm not always excited. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I feel like I just can't be asked today, but I've come to a place in my life where I need the word of God to get through the day. So it's important that I validate my identity and what the Bible is saying about me. And I want to encourage you guys, validate yourself in the word of God. Don't validate yourself in what social media says. Don't validate yourself in what other people say, because those things are temporary. We live in a society where one minute they like you, one minute they don't. But the beautiful thing about what God's word says is it's factual, it's true, it does not change, it remains the same. So I want to encourage you guys, 
Make sure you're spending time validating yourself in the word of God. Change your perspective. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ. It's so important. We live in a society where it's easy to forget our identity. It's easy to forget where we're coming from because there's so many distractions around us. Sometimes I'll take time to just come off social media if I feel like my mind is going places it shouldn't be going. And I'll just get myself back into the word of God. So that's the second point. So Maronike's point was based on what happens when things go wrong. She went down in the game, uh, Peter, I believe, went down the snake. Now, what was really interesting was this. As the game continued, Peter went down the snake again. It was, I was really controlling my laughter at the time. And I want to preach on that point. Going down the snake the second time, or in other words, when things get real bad. And sometimes things get really bad. And there are things that are getting really bad in your life, but the, your best friend is so... God's funny like that. Things will be so bad in your life, but your best friend is flying high. Right? Everyone's flying high. Your mom, your sister, people you haven't spoken to are all of a sudden telling you, oh, things are great with my life. At that moment of going down the snake again. And what's really interesting is this. When I saw Peter go down the snake the second time, It was funny because he started shaking the dice harder. (laughs) He was really no, no, right? Which made me think of one point, external motivations. His motivation at that moment was everyone's higher than him. What should I do? I want to get that high. He, He was so concerned about where other people were at that time that those people became became an, uh, an external motivation. Here's my point. External motivations that do not draw you to God's heart are not to be used to motivate you. In the world, they can do that, right? Something's bad happened. Okay, good example. I was born poor. So many people I know, I will never live poor. So they allow that external motivation to be the thing that motivates them. And praise God, they're wealthy, good for them. But the issue was this, their motivation was wrong. And when your motivation is wrong, your heart is always wrong. This is worth writing down. It doesn't take God to do good. It takes God to do good with the right heart. I'll say that again. It doesn't take God to do good. It takes God, it takes a man who knows God, a woman who knows God to do good with the right heart. In short, your motivations are divine. And if they're of the Lord, it's always a good thing. Don't be tempted to be more concerned where others are in your life, because that's not God's way of thinking. And it's such a temptation. This person has that, this person has this. They've got a car, they've got this, they've got a degree, they've got a master's, they've got this, they've got everything, they've got this. But the reality is this, in your moment of difficulty in life, and we all have those moments, whatever that moment looks like for you right now, I want you to understand this one thing. Where you're going or what you get is not the end goal. But the most important thing in life is in this journey through the ups and downs that you keep your heart right. 
So when bad things happen to you next, don't be so concerned with the actual thing that is bad, but be more concerned with the state of your heart. Amen? Because if you're more concerned with the state of your heart and you give your heart into the hands of God, that means even though bad things happen, your heart will be protected. And when your heart is right, your response will be right, even when bad things happen. Amen? Amen. So Andrew mentioned that Pete is now ahead of him in the game. You were ahead of Peter? Okay. (laughs) Right, I'm going to speak on Peter's behalf. What do you do when others are ahead of you in life? Is this the going faster? Can we play the videos just so the congregation can understand something? This was very wonderful. (laughs) Right, so I'll go go through the blow by blow. So we're playing, and and this time actually Peter's doing well. This is Peter's hand now. And Peter is in recovery mode. He rolls two sixes. So that means if you roll a double, you roll again. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, Peter was smiling again. It was wonderful. And I'll be honest with you, this is me. And I, I'm, I'm making sure, because I didn't, I really wanted to make sure that he was not cheating, right? So he rolled again, fantastic. Now it was my go next. And I thought to myself, this guy is getting close. So I thought, Lord, please. I was cheating because I was praying in tongues when I was playing. <laughs> and I rolled two sixes as well, right? So I also had the opportunity to go again after I moved 12 spaces, you'll, you'll see that I rolled the dice again. Now here's the catch. Davinia was there, and Davinia is the third person, and she's now seeing her two people that she's playing with are rolling doubles. They're going faster, quicker, further. And Veronica is gonna pre- preach into that point. So what do we do when we see others are ahead? Oh, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I feel like we can fall into the trap of comparison when we see others are ahead, when we're praying for a season and we can see someone else in the season that we're currently praying for. For example, maybe you may have finished university and your friend is the first person to get the job out of all of you. Maybe one of your friends gets engaged and you're still waiting. Maybe one of your friends is a musician and they're currently getting all the bookings around the world and you're still there waiting just for the first phone call. At times you can feel a bit like you're discontent. You can sometimes feel ungrateful for your own portion. And sometimes you can feel like it's not enough. But it's important to know that God has given us all the resources that we need for the plan that he created personally for us. It's really important to be careful not to create an Ishmael while you're waiting for your Isaac. I'm going to say that again. It's really important not to create an Ishmael while you're waiting for your Isaac. So when we think about the story of Abraham and Sarah, Sarah was promised a son. Now, Sarah was very old at the time when she got this promise, and she's probably thinking to the angel, I don't know if you've looked at me, but I'm old. My eggs are not working like they're supposed to. I don't know how this is going to happen. It even says in the Bible that she laughed at the promise. 
And so time was going, her and Abraham, they're enjoying their relationship, you know, they're doing what they need to do to produce a child, but no child has come. So she says to Abraham, why don't you go and sleep with Hagar, who was the slave at the time, and produce a child? That way the promise comes, right? So what's the issue? But that wasn't God's promise for her. God's promise, that she, God's promise was that she was going to birth a son. So the reason why I say that is because you may see others that are ahead and you may feel like God isn't doing his job. So sometimes we can decide to take it into our own hands. We have to be very careful not to do that because we can make life a lot longer for ourselves by taking that route. Be careful that you're not idolizing someone else's disobedience. Just because you see someone else who's further ahead, you don't know if that's what God has called them to do. So you're here upset, you know, God, I'm, I know sometimes on social media, we see like all these celebrity couples and it's like, oh my gosh, like little Dirk just got engaged. Did you see the size of the ring? It's not for us to then idolize a relationship that we don't know about. So it's really important that we stay in the lane that God has called us to be in and we enjoy the waiting season. Now the waiting season can be tough and I've been in this season many times. But one thing I've come to learn is that the waiting season is a time of preparation. When you look at the story of Joseph, Joseph went through a very hard time in his life. He was betrayed by his family. He then started to work for Potiphar, whose wife then accused him of sexual assault. He then went to prison. This whole time, Joseph is probably thinking, what have I done? Why, why is all this happening? Like, God, where are you? He then tells the cupbearer and the baker when they get out of jail, please don't forget me. They forget him the first time. And then once he finally comes out, eventually he becomes the governor of Egypt. Now, why do I share that? Because sometimes when we're seeing the result of other people in their season, we don't know the journey they've gone through to get to that place. It's very easy to want to be in the season, to be in the result, Oh, that beautiful family, I want to have that family. You don't know the sacrifices that they went through to get to that position. Someone um, launches their business and you're just like, I want to be an entrepreneur. You don't know behind the scenes that person has been working two jobs just to be able to fund their business from the start before they're even bringing in any income. It's very easy to see people far ahead in life and be like, that's what I want. But we don't know the journey that they've taken to get there. Um, so I'm just going to finish off giving an example. Nelson Mandela, the first black president of South Africa. Many people see him and they see all the things that he accomplished, all the amazing things that he did. But how many people know that before he became the first black president of South Africa, he spent 27 years in jail fighting for justice? How many people would switch places to take on that role to achieve what he did? It's so easy to see where people are at in life and be like, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to achieve. But we don't know the journey people have taken to get to that point. So I say this in saying, when you see other people are in a season that you're currently praying for, just stay in your lane. Wait for your time. Your time is coming. In that time, God is working on your heart. He's working on your character. He's helping you to prepare for your season. You don't want to step into that season unprepared, trust me, because you'll be fully exposed. So, yeah. I like that. 
you would think that I would have planned the other, this what I want to show you, but I didn't. It happened live. Could we play the video about um, when freak things happen, right? And I want to talk everyone through. Now, you may have to watch this video twice because you might miss it, but this is really interesting. So we were playing, and I was winning by far in this particular game, right? Yeah, by far. I was really winning, right? And, and this is me. This is it's my victory lap, right? Now, this is Davinia. I want everyone to look where Davinia's. She's the green. Look, see, do you see what happened? I, I think some people may have, may have missed it, and even I missed it. And I thought to myself, wait, hold on. How is she, how is she on my level? This, uh, can we play that video one more time? I want everyone to just... Look again, look very closely at the green piece, right? Look at the green piece and look at what happened. She didn't do this on purpose. Do you see that? <laughs> right? And it moved. But she genuinely forgot where she was. And I never knew where she was either. So we just thought what, what she was doing was, was correct. Here's my point. Here's my point. How do you deal with the unexpected in life? How do you deal with it? When something happened, and you don't know how it happened, but it happened. Is there a right way to, to, to go about these moments? And the answer is yes. One word of encouragement, um, Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13. I won't read the whole thing, but this, is, this bit I do want you to hear. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Let's stop there. Oh no, plans to give you a hope and a future. For me, I didn't understand what was happening. I knew she wasn't where she's supposed to be, but she was now there. So for me, I was deeply concerned. How is it possible that she's here? How can I deal with it? My mouth wanted to call her a cheater. But we have a good relationship. So I said no. So I allowed it to continue. For her, she was blessed. She didn't even understand how she was there. So the whole table didn't know what was going on. But we continued with things. Now, here's my point, right? Here's my point from my perspective. This unusual thing happened, and I didn't expect it. And it, wasn't, it didn't look like it was for my good. Teaching point. Don't allow the situation you're going through to define your identity. Just because you're going through something bad doesn't mean God hates you. You have to rise beyond that. You have to say, you know what, I'm going through this, but the word of God does not say that God is a cheater. A lot of our conclusions that we have on God is based on our observations of the bad things that happen in our life. But if God's name isn't in line with what conclusion you've made about God, then your conclusion is wrong. So don't allow situations, unexpected issues, to dictate how, who you are, one. And my final point is this. Stop trying to make sense of the unknown. Even if it made sense to you, would it change? So why do we think if we find, if it makes sense, then we'll have more peace? No. I don't know where everyone is right now. 
But my word of encouragement is this. Wherever you are right now, you're sitting in front of me, you're breathing, number one. Praise God. The story's not over. Praise God. And according to his word, there is a plan and there's a purpose for you to walk in. So don't allow this situation that you're going through right now to dictate what will happen, but allow his word to manifest in you so you can find out what he wants to happen to you. Amen. You can end it. You can end it. Cool. So I think we're going to play the last clip to see who actually wins the game. Um, count. I'm, I'm, I'm the one in red, not yellow, Claudette. <laughs> I'm red. And this was my victory. Um. Let's give a round of applause for Andrew. So the last part we're going to talk about is celebrating the wins in our lives. I remember personally for me, every time I had a moment of victory in my life, I used to be shy to talk about it. I think sometimes there can be this stigma of, you know, stay humble, don't talk about it too much. One of the things that I learned is that when we have victories in our lives, that's when we should talk about it. Because it's never about us. It's about what God did. It's about how he took you through the ups, he took you through the downs, he took you through the moments where you didn't see them coming, and now you've got to this point of victory. Everything he made work together for your good. Share your testimony. Share your journey of the ups and downs and how you overcame, because it's going to encourage someone else. One thing I want to encourage you guys is that all of us who are here on earth our days are numbered. But one thing I pray is that all of our testimonies will be told even after we leave this earth. That our journeys will encourage our families, our communities, the people that are around us. Share the things that you've had to overcome. We live in a society now where people want to see more authenticity. Even within the church. People just want to see realness, transparency, because they're able to connect, they're able to understand. I feel like even me just being on this platform now, maybe people are looking at me and feeling like I can relate to what she's gone through. I can relate to what she's been through. People are looking at Andrew can, can do the same. Your journey is never a waste. Your story is never a waste. Everything that we go through in life, God is going to make it work together for your good and it's going to encourage someone else. So I want to encourage you guys, please share your story. Please share your journey. Please share your testimony because there's someone out there who needs to hear it. It's going to be breakthrough for someone else. See ya. Amen. So as I conclude, I just want to invite the worship team to, to take their place. Snakes and ladders. Who would have thought that God can speak through snakes and ladders? He can. God's always speaking. The question is, are, do we have ears that are sensitive enough to hear his voice? It's really interesting. Snakes and ladders, on a human level, there's only one winner. But the reality is, 
in Christ, according to his word, you've already won. So irrespective of who gets to the finish goal first, there is no finish goal to be got to first. But there is a desire for you to get to the finish line. And even if you go through many ladders, praise God. Even if you go down many snakes, praise God. Even if people get to the finish line before you, praise God. It doesn't matter what happens, but keep playing. Keep believing that God is greater than the game. And the true game is to play the game with him. And that is where, and that is how you will always win. In Jesus' name.